Welcome to the Sermon Podcast of First Christian Church, Disciples of Christ of St. Paul, located in Matamidi, Minnesota. We are a suburban congregation united in Christ and grounded in the values of diversity, solidarity, and witness. You can learn more about us by going to fccstpaul.org. Here is this week's sermon. Our reading for today comes from Paul's letter to the church in Ephesus, Ephesians 1, verses 3 through 14. You can follow along in our church, in the church bulletin. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, just as he chose us in Christ before the foundation of the world to be holy and blameless before him in love. He destined us for adoption as his children through Jesus Christ, according to the the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace that he freely bestowed upon us in the beloved. In him, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace that he lavished upon us. With all wisdom and insight, he has made known to us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure that he set forth in Christ. As a plan for the fullness of time to gather up all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth, in Christ we have also obtained an inheritance, having having been destined according to the purpose of him who accomplishes all things according to his counsel and will so that we, who were the first to set our hope in Christ, might live for the praise of his glory. In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and had believed in him, were marked with the seal of the promised Holy Spirit. This is the pledge of our inheritance toward redemption as God's own people, to the praise of his glory. This is the word of God for all the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Pray with me. Gracious God, let the people hear the good news of your love, forgiveness, and acceptance in my words today. Let me show them the love of Jesus. Amen. He started out life as Leslie Lynch King Jr. He was born in Omaha, Nebraska in 1913 to to Leslie Lynch King Sr. and Dorothy Ayer Gardner. Just 16 days after he was born, Dorothy left her husband, taking young Leslie with her. Dorothy had suffered from domestic abuse from Leslie Sr. In fact, she was hit for the first time because she smiled at another man during their honeymoon. The final straw was when Leslie Sr. drew a a knife and threatened Dorothy and Leslie Jr. 
So she ends up leaving Omaha and ultimately moves to the home of her parents in Grand Rapids, Michigan. It is there that Dorothy marries again. And she marries a man named Gerald. Gerald Rudolph Ford. The married couple began to call young Leslie Jr. by a different name, Gerald R. Ford Jr. Gerald Ford Sr. never formally adopted who was going to be the future president, but the parents took to acting as if the now young Gerald, or Jerry, was Gerald Sr.'s very own son. In fact, it wasn't really until he was 17 that he actually realized that Gerald Sr. was not his biological father. He actually did end up meeting Leslie Sr. that same year, and he would see his biological father sporadically until um, he died in 1941. He knew about his father's background, and he described his father, his biological father, this way. Leslie Sr. was a carefree, well-to-do man who didn't really give a damn about the hopes and dreams of his firstborn son. Meanwhile, the stepfather, Gerald, who claimed him as his own and even gave him his name, was described this way by his stepson. My stepfather was a magnificent person and my mother equally wonderful. So I couldn't have written a better prescription for a superb family upbringing. Historians, as far as I know, have never said this. But you have to wonder, the kindness that was shown by Gerald Sr., the willingness to give his stepson his own name had to have impact the future president's life. And you have to wonder if this life, which included service in the military, a nearly 25-year service in the House representing the 5th Congressional District in Michigan, which is Grand Rapids and its environs, his appointment to vice president, to Richard Nixon, replacing Spiro T. Agnew, and then becoming president after Richard Nixon resigned, was in a way one big thank you to Gerald Rudolph Ford Sr. Because of what Gerald Sr. did those many years ago, because he chose Gerald Jr., the life of Gerald R. Ford was forever to be changed. The text today in Ephesians is basically the opening paragraph to a letter. Paul is writing the church in Ephesus, and he wants to get a point across in that first paragraph of his greeting. 
He wants people to understand who we are and how should we live. Now, you should know in the, first, in the original Greek, those 11 verses that I just read is one long sentence. Now, I don't know about you. I don't write as many letters as I probably should these days, but usually I would just say, how are you doing? And but he decided to use an entire paragraph that was one long sentence to say hello. But of course, the reason that he did this is because he wanted to get this point across. And the point across is to understand who God is and how do we live in response to what God has done. God chose us, is what Paul is saying. God chose us and made us God's children. God redeemed us, forgave our sins, lavished grace upon us, and made God's will known to us. All of this is God doing this in action. And God is doing this through Jesus Christ. This morning, there's a lot in here that I could talk about, and we would probably be here for several hours. But I only want to focus really on those first two things that God did. God chose us, and God made us God's children. We are chosen by God, not because of anything that we have done, but because of who God is. President Ford was chosen all of those years ago to be the son of Gerald R. Ford Sr. Ford didn't do anything to warrant the name change. It was done because of the character of his mother and Gerald R. Ford Sr. We are chosen by God. I am chosen. You are chosen. All of us are chosen by God. We are claimed by God, and through Jesus Christ, we become God's children. We are chosen because of the love of God. And if there is anything that I hope that you can remember from this sermon, is that God has chosen us through the life and death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Gerald R. Ford was chosen by his stepdad and was given a new name. We are chosen and saved from sin, death, and the devil. That should make us feel happy and excited. And it should propel us to tell the good news to others. Paul calls on us to pray, to give praise to God, which is something sometimes many of us may have trouble understanding, let alone doing. What does it mean to bless God? And why would God need our blessing? Of course, the truth of the matter is God doesn't need our blessing, but we bless God because God is worthy of praise. 
And because when God claimed us as God's own, when God redeemed us, when God forgave us, what else can we do but be eternally grateful? Blessing God is about saying thank you to God. It's about acknowledging what God has done through Jesus. And that makes us want to live our lives as one big thank you to God. When we realize what God has done in our lives, when we realize that we can't do it on our own, we want to give praise to God. But I want to stop there for a moment because praise is not simply about saying a few words. That is important. That is something we should do. But look back to what I talked about earlier, what God was doing, what Paul says God did, that God redeemed, God forgave. All of that is action. God is active. There is nothing passive about God. So when it comes to responding to God in a life of praise, it is not just saying thank you and moving on with our lives. Instead, we are to say thanks with our lives, living out our thank you in service to others. The people of God are called to live lives of service, not just to do good works for the sake of doing good works, not to do that to please God, to get on God's good side, but in gratitude for what God has done in our lives. That is why we do mission. It is not just busy work. It is about saying thank you to God. We engage in evangelism and share the good news of Jesus, not because it's something that we have to do, but because we are thankful for what God has done in our lives and we want to live out our thanks. At First Christian Church, we have said in our proposed vision statement that we are a church that gathers for worship. Worship meaning to give praise to God in our worship, but we are also to scatter for service to our sisters and brothers, and we serve God to give thanks to what God has done in our lives. We do this because of who God is, an active God that claims us as God's own and adopts us as God's children. And that should make you happy. And that should make you want to go out into the world and say thanks with our hands. Gerald R. Ford, our 38th president, probably would not be who he was unless it was for the actions of Gerald R. Ford Sr. And so he lived his life in thankfulness to what his stepfather had done. 
I pray that that will be the example for us to go and serve our sisters and brothers, not because we have to, not because it looks good, but as a way to say thanks to the God of the universe who chose us. Thanks be to God. Amen. We hope today's sermon podcast was nourishment to your soul. If you'd like to know more about First Christian Church of St. Paul, please visit our website at fccstpaul.org. That's F-C-C-S-A-I-N-T-P-A-U-L.org. May God be with you in the coming week.